This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Boris Johnson, Britain's Prime Minister, survived a vote of no confidence. The vote, 211 to 148, fell short of the simple majority of Conservative Party lawmakers needed to remove Mr Johnson as leader. But it leaves him badly wounded. At least 54 Conservative MPs submitted secret letters to trigger the vote. A survey of Conservative Party members by Conservative Home, a website, found that a narrow majority favoured getting rid of Mr Johnson. Jeremy Hunt, considered to be a contender to succeed Mr Johnson, said he would vote against the Prime Minister, as did Douglas Ross, the leader of the Scottish Conservatives. In a rare foray outside the capital, Kyiv, Volodymyr Zelensky, Ukraine's president, visited two cities close to the front line in the Donbass region. He travelled to Lysychansk, just south of Severodonetsk, where Ukrainian forces are engaged in heavy fighting, and also to Solodar. The Ukrainians claim to have repulsed seven attacks across the whole of the region over the past 24 hours. Elon Musk, the founder of Tesla, threatened to pull out of his $44 billion offer to buy Twitter. Mr Musk accused the social media platform of failing to provide data on how many of its accounts are fake. Twitter has previously said that fewer than 5% of its daily active users are spam accounts, but Mr Musk reckons it could be as high as 20%. The trials of 27 pro-democracy figures in Hong Kong, who are accused of conspiracy to commit subversion, were moved to the High Court. This means the defendants could face sentences of life in prison, according to Hong Kong Free Press, a local outlet. The defendants include Joshua Wong, an activist, and Benny Tai, a former law professor. Their alleged crime was to help organise an unofficial primary ahead of legislative elections in 2020. Russia's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, was forced to cancel a visit to Serbia after its neighbours refused to let his plane enter their airspace. Bulgaria, an EU member, led the ban, supported by North Macedonia and Montenegro, both of which aspire to join the EU. Serbia also wants to join, but is a long-standing ally of Russia's and has not joined the bloc's sanction against the country. America said it would seize two jets owned or controlled by Roman Abramovich, a Russian billionaire, over sanctions violations. Mr Abramovich is not on the list of rich Russians America has sanctioned over Russia's invasion of Ukraine, but the federal government says he violated export restrictions imposed on Russia by flying the planes, which were manufactured in the US, to Moscow without the necessary licenses. Ant Group, a Chinese fintech giant, part-owned by Alibaba, launched a digital wholesale bank called Annext in Singapore. The bank will focus on providing digital financial services to micro, small and medium-sized enterprises. Singapore's banking regulator has said it expects C and Grab, two other big Asian consumer tech firms, to launch digital banks later this year. And fact of the day, 40%, the share of prosecutors in San Francisco's district attorney office, 
who quit or were sacked in the 22 months after Cheza Boudin took office. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Australia grapples with inflation. In May, just before Australia's federal election, the Reserve Bank increased interest rates for the first time in over a decade. On Tuesday, confronted with rising inflation, it will do so again. Prices in Australia have not shot up as fast as in Europe or America, but the annual inflation rate of 5.1% in the first quarter of 2022 was still the highest in two decades. Jim Chalmers, the new treasurer, has said that the figure has risen, quote, significantly higher since then. Analysts reckon the bank could lift rates to 0.75%. That will sting many Australians, whose fondness for borrowing to buy cars and houses have left them with some of the world's highest levels of private debt. And on top of higher debt service costs, rising energy prices could push up power bills by as much as 20% this year nor will the pain end there. The Reserve Bank has warned of yet more tightening ahead. The head of the central bank has warned that rates could reach 2.5% before inflation is brought under control. The Golden State Votes Californians head to the polls on Tuesday. In a series of primaries, voters will pick candidates for the state's local, statewide, and congressional elections in November. The two most interesting races are local. In San Francisco, voters may choose to recall Chesa Boudin, the city district's attorney. Mr. Boudin has become a symbol of America's progressive prosecutor movement, which aims to end mass incarceration and enact other criminal justice reforms. Los Angeles, meanwhile, will select its candidates for the mayoral race. The pair most likely to advance are Karen Bass, a progressive Democratic congresswoman, and Rick Caruso, a billionaire former Republican who wants to crack down on crime and homelessness. Democrats and Republicans across America will also pay close attention to California's congressional primaries in which the two top finishers advance to the midterms regardless of party affiliation. A slew of retirements and redistricting has left eight competitive seats across the state, an unusually high number. Come November, California may be the biggest prize of all. The Balkans IEU Membership Leaders from several Western Balkan states that hope to join the European Union will meet on Tuesday in North Macedonia for a summit of the Open Balkan Initiative. Launched in 2019 out of frustration at the glacial pace of the EU accession progress, the initiative aims to ease intra-Balkan trade and encourage movement of labor. But the leaders will have something more pressing to discuss at their summit. They fear being left in the slow lane if recent EU candidacy bids from Ukraine, Moldova, and Georgia are fast-tracked. North Macedonia, for instance, submitted a request for membership almost 20 years ago. Still, Russia's invasion of Ukraine opens a window of opportunity for the Balkans, too. Vladimir Putin's war has awoken the EU to the geopolitical contests playing out in Europe. There is a Balkan-sized hole in the center of the EU. If the EU does not fill it, others will. A cricketing break for Sri Lanka As the economic crisis darkens Sri Lankan lives with regular blackouts, 
One part of the country will be glowing for a few hours on Tuesday night. The Cricket Stadium in Colombo, the capital, will be bathed in floodlights for a 2020 match, the first in a series between Australia and Sri Lanka over the next month. Tickets sold out within five hours. The games will bring joy and much-needed economic balm to a country that in recent weeks has endured protests, rocketing food and fuel prices, and a change in prime minister. Sri Lanka's cricket board plans to donate all the proceeds from ticket sales to public welfare initiatives, such as hospitals. The games could also indirectly help resurrect Sri Lanka's now moribund tourism industry. If the Australian tour is successful, Sri Lanka will hope to be able to host the Asia Cup, a more lucrative tournament in August. That could attract cricket-mad visitors from Bangladesh, India, and Pakistan. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 hours BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Tuesday. Which type of tea is named after a British prime minister? Monday. Which actor, known for playing the Doctor on Doctor Who, has recently taken on more villainous roles such as Kilgrave in Jessica Jones and Dennis Nilsson, a serial killer? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Robert F. Kennedy. What is objectionable, what is dangerous about extremists is not that they are extreme, but that they are intolerant. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening. <laughs>